Hello, and welcome to episode 176 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy ho! And Phil Foriska. Welcome back, all you honorary Philigans. And Pete DeMayo. Good day, good day, good day, everybody. Good day to you, sir. Are you are you jolly today, Pete? You sound very jolly. I am. So it's a it's been a, a good busy week. It's wrapping up January already. So uh, a lot of things going on. Yeah, can you believe it that we're already at the end of January? We're one twelfth of the way through the uh, through twenty twenty one already. It's flown by. So Pete, you want to shed a little light on today's episode? This is this is a Pete episode, everyone. So buckle up. They're always fun. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So we're going to be talking about how 2021 is the year of the mobile app. And I've got five killer facts that once you hear them, you'll be rushing out to get your app going as soon as possible. Because, spoiler alert, they make you a ton of money. Yeah. And they make your guests super happy. And they, they do. make your team very happy. So this Sounds like win, win, win. Yeah, it's win, 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 win. It's, yeah. And and obviously there's there's a little self-service here. We do have a mobile app product, but but whether you use the Fuel mobile app and digital key or you you choose to use a third party that's out there, the core of what we're talking about today is just the fact that you're going to benefit from it. Your guests are going to get benefit from it. And it's something you need to consider if you haven't already for 2021 for the reasons the myriad of reasons that we're going to outline today's episode. But before we do that, Pete, what's going on in the news of ruse? Well, with hotel marketing, they cannot lose. Now it's time for news of ruse. Thanks. And we have a news. Thanks. You, cut, you news. cut out like ah. one little beat in the middle of that. Hopefully our audio listeners are going to forgive us for that. But it was a stellar, <laughs> stellar attempt. Yeah, I think it was on purpose. It was was it a creative uh, choice that you made? Yeah, I was gonna change it up a little bit, see see how it worked. All right. So there, there's no practice here, so we just do it all live. And if it sounds awesome, we remember it. If not, we just forget and move on. Just don't get cocky, man. Just because people have asked you in in real restaurants in real life that <laughs> that's, that's jingle, true. Don't get cocky. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be Icarus. I won't fly too close to the sun. There you go. So anyway, you know who uh who flew a little too close to the sun and got burned for it? I've got an idea. Robin Hood, the democratization of day trading app really broke a massive, massive rule in in branding and in customer service. So there are about a million places where you can read about Everything happening with GameStop stock or GameStop's stock specifically, but then being traded on on Robinhood and how a bunch of people on Reddit pretty much broke the uh, broke the market this week. Uh, Robinhood was the one who is really going to be taking uh, the beating on this one, though, because. They decided they would stop trading or allowing their users to trade GameStop, Nokia, 
American Airlines and a few of these other ticker symbols that were, I don't want to say being manipulated, but were buying, were being bought at a frenzy by a lot of their users. And the big reason that they did that, or some of the speculation is, to give their hedge fund owners the opportunity to take advantage of the shorts that they had and not necessarily lose their uh, too much money on the deal. So that's kind of where, what they did. There's a ton of information about specifically what was happening, what the Reddit group, Wall Street Bets, was doing and, and how they impacted it. But really what we wanted to focus on was more how Robinhood broke the cardinal rule of of business and they did not stay true to their brand and they're going to get burned for it pretty severely. So this one article in particular comes from Fast Company and it talks about how Robinhood said that they were the one who was enabling trading for the everyday person, just a retail trader to go buy a few shares of stock here, sell a few shares there and get into the market. However, they backed out on that and they did not fulfill their promise. And as a result, they have had to go to private sources for funding and they are at the point of breaking and possibly becoming insolvent. Yes. This this is this is a lesson, right? I mean, and like you said, we're not gonna jump into the the whole Reddit angle of this because it, it's it's scary how much control people have, you know, because of the internet and the democratization of information. And uh that that's a case study for another podcast that's not a hotel focused podcast. What we wanted to talk about, like Pete said, is Robin Hood is a brand that has had this promise for a long time and a lot of people a lot of layman traders have embraced this because it's it's kind of an equal playing field it gives you really frictionless access to buying and selling stocks and some great insights and information to make it easier for day traders amateur day traders to to make decisions but this this could just completely destroy them uh with one foul swoop overnight because they made a decision which you know we don't know the internal conversations that went on but from the outside the optics of it which you know we we, we always know that whatever the perception is is the reality that you have to live with because if the majority of your users or your investors or your stakeholders believe that something happened whether that's the truth or not becomes immaterial at a certain point and so well they they also got exposed for something that nobody really knew or cared that they were doing prior to this and that was selling their users data back to the hedge fund managers who were essentially hurting everybody else but yeah nobody really understood that robin hood made a bunch of money from from selling that data and, and allowing the true you know, brokers to, to use use their users' data. Well, now well, everybody knows it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that was overt, right? But we, we as consumers have to be smart enough with our, our uh, behavior online to assume that that is the case, especially for a service like Robinhood where you're really not being charged, right? There's not, like a lot of these, like E-Trade and other stuff, there, there are significant fees that can be associated with trading or, you know, account um, prices on a monthly or yearly basis subscriptions with Robinhood that you don't have any of that and so whenever a product is free and you're not paying for it that means you are the product that means that someone is monetizing you and your behavior and your data that's why Google Analytics is free that that's why a lot of tools out there are free because 
Facebook is another great example. They're selling your behavior, your data, your demographics to advertisers. And in this case, they're selling your data to hedge funds because your behavior and buying and selling can, can help them see trends and, and make more money. So I, I, I think we're being a little naive if we didn't assume that that was happening, although now it's very overt and more mainstream media is, is picking it up. I think it's going to scare a lot of more people. And well, people I are leaving Robin Hood in droves. People care now because you named your company Robinhood, which mm-hmm. you know stands for steal from the rich and give to the poor. And you clearly went 180 on that, and it's mm-hmm. steal from the poor and give to the rich and help your rich friends out because you know that's that's truly who who helps you. Um, yeah, so I think kind of to bring it back to from a, to a hotelier's perspective, this is more about a branding and a positioning and breaking that promise to your customer and. Yeah, Robinhood is a completely different business model than a hotel, but the fundamentals are the same. If you are a hotel property and you promise family fun and you don't deliver family fun, if you promise uh, a high-end experience and you deliver a low-end experience, this same thing can happen to you if you're not true to yourself and true to your brand. A good example of that is if you look at Robinhood, and you look at TD Ameritrade, both companies did the exact same thing. Both of them limited trading of GameStop, American Airlines, and Dogecoin, and a bunch of other cryptos out there. But nobody's yelling at TD Ameritrade because that's not their brand. You know, okay, they're they're a trading platform and you know, they're preventing you from making certain trades, but they didn't stake their entire reputation on what Robinhood did. And it's a perfect example if you have one hotel that that does something and breaks the promise to their guest and one hotel who does the same thing but never made that promise, it's it, it's going to come back and bite the person who broke their word. Yeah, and, and brand affinity, brand loyalty is based purely on trust. And, and you can build up trust over time. And if you have enough, if you've built up enough of that, then then people will forgive you for mild, you know, transgressions if you make a mistake one time, you fix it, and it doesn't happen again, you can get away with that. It's like if you go to Chick-fil-A and they forgot to salt the fries one time. You can forgive that, right? But but you want to go back because they're delicious, and next time they're, they're beautifully salty. But if you if you fundamentally abandon what is the core of your, your brand, or if you do it repeatedly, people are going to lose faith, they're going to lose trust, and they're going to turn to your competition. So it, it's a good lesson for everyone. And I did hear, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but Robin Hood is, is considering changing their name to Sheriff of Nottingham. Moving forward. Alrighty, do we have a second newsaroo? We do. So we talked about this probably about a month ago, maybe even more. Uh, how Google is getting rid of third-party cookies uh, for advertising purposes. But now they have an alternative. Uh, yeah. So there, it's it's open for testing in Q2 2021. Um, they're, they're hoping everybody jumps into this, um, this testing platform that they have, their sandbox, to, to see if this is truly working as they hoped. So they have something that they call Flock, which is the Federated Learning of Cohorts. Um, <laughs> yeah, just call it Flock. All right, so essentially what this does is it's hiding individuals within a larger crowd of people 
um, and it's kind of using the on-device processing. It keeps a person's history private. Um, it, it allows Google to protect the privacy of the individual, but us as the advertisers can still see some of this data as, as a collective and, and not so much as a one-to-one. Um, so we'll, we'll see how this works out as an alternative to third-party cookies. But uh, as of right now, Google's saying that their tests show that advertisers can expect to see 95% of conversions per dollar spent uh, when compared to cookie-based advertising. So pretty close. Um, and, it, and it's protecting you know, the individual. We'll see. Uh, this is still very, very early in, in the process. Like I said, it's just kind of getting opened up to advertisers to, to come in and, and test this flock against a cookie-based model and see what it shows. So, so is that uh, an open source? The, the, the way like federated learning of cohorts sounds like it's an open source where if I'm not Google, can I also use that? Or is that strictly Google product? I believe this is Google's, but the way I understood it from a few months back was that it would be more than just Google. And, and there were there were a bunch of different platforms that were, were getting in on this sandbox model. Uh, so uh, again, we're going to have to see. I don't have that answer. I think we all knew this was coming, right, in terms of the big guys, Google, Facebook. They, they weren't going to lose their own ability to uh, target people. And so creating some form of anonymized cross-device, cross-platform tracking was inevitable. And I think for hotels listening to this, there's, there's not a lot you can do at an individual level to, to prevent the direction we're heading. Ultimately, what this means is the gatekeepers that already exist are going to get more powerful. And so what you can be doing right now to protect yourself somewhat is to really focus on your first-party data. What, what data are you collecting up, up your game in terms of collecting personal identifiable information from your existing guests on your website. You know, find ways to to re- request the email at different points within the, the conversion funnel. Make sure every guest that's coming on property that you're collecting their phone number, their mobile number, their email address, and that all of that data from every point is going into a central repository of data that then you can use. And so. Um, you know, if you don't do that, you're just going to be more beholden to these these folks, where the price is likely going to go up to target the same number of people. They're, they're doing this as as a way to just control more and more of your your spend. And the only thing you can really do is to try to defend that by collecting more personal data yourself, first party data. You can also lean on your advertising agency to come up with creative ways to to get around this, also, and also to come up with creative ways to help you collect that first party data. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't have an agency, you know, we'd be glad to help you out. Just send us an email. Good old-fashioned email at info at fueltravel.com. All righty. Speaking of uh, shameless plugs, I did want to say we had some listener feedback. There's no jingle to listener feedback, right? Did we decide we didn't have a jingle? No, the jingle is Pete's accent. No, no, no. I don't think I want to do an accent on this one. I I tried doing the the Swedish accent and... It's just offensive. So, <laughs> so I'm not just Alex. Swedish people. It's offensive to everyone. Can you just be the yeah. Swedish chef from the Muppets? That would be great. <laughs> so I'm gonna just use Beaker instead. <laughs> uh, no. So this comes. This is on iTunes, which is awesome. We love reviews on iTunes from Alex. It's emerging in the industry. 
As a new guy in the marketing industry, in a non-traditional resort business, I have found the conversation to be incredibly helpful. The topics are both insightful and well-constructed that offer a new hotelier great insight. Wow. Thanks, Alex. High praise, Alex. Thanks. Five whole stars. Thanks, Alex. And if you (laughs) just read Alex's username. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Good job, Alex. Well, if you want to leave us a review and get it read out on the show, I would really appreciate it. Uh, You can just go over to Apple Podcasts and you go down to the bottom. You can see a list of all your shows by clicking on library and, and you can leave us a review right there. Uh, that would be great. It magically somehow helps people find us. And uh, also, just if you don't want to leave a review, just tell someone else about the show and get get more people listening. That would be greatly appreciated. We don't ask for much on the show, so that's the least you guys can do. We'd really appreciate it. And if you want to hear Pete read it in an offensive accent, just uh, ask. Yeah, yeah. You you have to ask for the accent. We don't mm. drop one in. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little salty about that decision, but okay, we'll go with that. All right, so let's jump into the topic at hand, shall we? So this is 2021. I don't know if you're aware of that, but there's this thing been going on called COVID, and it's it's stirred up a whole lot of demand for mobile apps. And ironically, well, not ironically, but um, interestingly, Fuel has been developing mobile app technology for over five years now, way prior to COVID. And the reason we built it, you know, wasn't for safety. It was because we felt like it was a tool the properties could use to really drive more incremental revenue to drive more customer loyalty to just streamline the whole experience overall. And and we've got a lot of data that backs it up. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that in more detail in a little bit. So what we've got is five reasons that you listening right now, wherever you are, you need to consider getting a mobile app in 2021. So let's, let's kick it off, Pete, with number... One 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 one. All right. So the number one reason, or the first reason in our list, should I say, is improved guest relations. So hotel operators and owners all know that when you have happy guests, they always tend to come back and see you more often. And anything that we do as a hotelier should be designed to improve guest relations and you get your guests coming back to the property over and over again. And this is kind of kind of wraps up everything that the app can do for you, but it does it creates a very personal experience. It creates a touch-free convenience that is more important than ever, as they say, and it also creates an opportunity for easy one-to-one communication. So you know, as you're going through and you know using your app, you can really differentiate your property by talking to the guests as a one-on-one person, reach out to them when they're most likely to book and give them a tool to interact directly with your property as directly as possible. So it's it really is, I think, Melissa, you said like a win-win before, it helps the guests be more comfortable with your property and it helps you <clears throat> be more efficient when working with your guest. You know, one of the things I really think is important in terms of just guest satisfaction is it eliminates the business that a guest has to do on property. And by business, I mean filling out the reg card, waiting in line, checking out, and all the other stuff that the guest doesn't really want to do, but they have to do just as a matter of matter of course. Well, how about getting in front of uh, getting in front of issues uh, when somebody has a, a problem with their room? Um, them being able to reach out directly 
via the app rather than calling the front desk. Uh, maybe they don't get through. Maybe they called the wrong number. Things that lead to bad reviews, you're, you're getting in front of that by giving the guest uh, a direct line of communication that someone's going to answer. Yeah, one, one of my favorite examples of that specifically is you could set up automated notifications so that if when someone checks in, you know, an hour later or two hours later or sometime that day, just just touch base with them. Just trigger a message, and that could be via a simple SMS or it could be a push notification to an app. But drive them to the app where they can let you know if there's a problem. You know, so you're saying, hey, hope your room's doing, uh, hope your stay is enjoyable. If you have any questions or, or concerns, reach out to us here. Like just, just that little notification pr- prompts people to deal with small problems before they become big problems. And yes, it might create a little bit more work on the staff in the short term, but in the long term, you're going to have a lot more happy guests. You're going to anticipate those problems ahead of time and you're going to take care of them much more efficiently. Absolutely. Yeah, so. but this that one-to-one communication, I think, is is critical. That up until now, you know, with email and and people are doing it with text now more as well. But that just the mobile device in general, having the ability to address individual guests in real time, one-to-one, has tremendous impact. And we'll talk about some of that in in our next one, which is number drive more incremental revenue per guest. So. This goes to what the savvy hotelier already knows is that when the guest books a hotel room, that's not the only purchase. That's just the first purchase that the guest should be making with you. And your job as a hotelier and just as a a business person is to make sure you're making that path for multiple conversions as easy as it possibly can be. So don't, not putting a lot of barriers up or obstacles for the guest to get over, but lead them down that path, and you're going to see significantly more revenue being generated. We've already seen it with the properties on our app that are proactively using it, really have seen some, some great ancillary revenue in terms of upgrades on property purchases, late checkouts. All that stuff leads to a little bit extra revenue per guest across all of your guests. Yeah, this second wallet is important, especially right now because you you're, you're going to have fewer guests that are coming to stay with you. So you've got to really maximize uh, the revenue per guest like Pete said. And so once they've already splurged on the the stay, you know, that's the first wallet. That's some that's money that's already committed. You have a there's there's a psychological difference between incremental money once they're on property and that could be in the form of upsells and cross sales, but one of the things that's really effective with messaging, one-to-one messaging, is really promoting the stuff going on on property. And you can drive people to your restaurants, you can, you can, um, your activities, all that kind of stuff, and and get more participation, which leads to people enjoying their stay more. So that that's just another one where Melissa said win-win earlier today when we were talking through this. This is really another win-win where you're you're making more money. But the guest is happy to spend that money because they see the value in the money that they're spending. They're enjoying the experience more. So it's just, this is great. Yeah, this is one that, you know, hotels with with uh, a lot of, you know, F&B, they, they can see, you know, huge success by simple push notifications through an app to, to drive people to, like Stuart said, uh, a restaurant or uh, potentially room service. Um, 
something along those lines. Just just a quick reminder and people getting the push notification and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I do want to go to that restaurant. Or, yeah, I'd like to order. Thanks. Yeah, one, one of the common uh, push notifications that we have folks set up is, especially if they have a restaurant or something like that, and the, you tend to know when it's going to be busy, when it's not. You know, you tend to have these peaks and, and troughs. And if you know that every Tuesday night it's it's dead in the bar or the restaurant, then you can preempt that. So you can just set up an automated message to everyone in-house that every Tuesday at 3 o'clock we're going to do some kind of special and, and send it out to everyone. It's it's something you can just set and forget, and it just it drives incremental revenue. And the, the other one that I really like, which has been super effective, especially right now because people aren't sold out, you know, they have inventory available, is really pushing those extended stays or late checkouts. You know, if you know that your room is sitting half empty the next day, there's no reason why you can't get another, you know, twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred dollars out of each stay by offering people an extra, you know, five, ten hours of, until they have to check out or or an extra room night. So again, these are things that you can set and forget and not have to worry about, and it just continues to print you money. You you don't mm-hmm. have to do anything at the same time as improving the guest experience. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I'm all about the late checkout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so if you're laying in your hotel bed and you realize that checkout's in an hour, mm-hmm. how valuable is it to be able to one click touch a button say, I'd like, you know, to give me a late checkout and I don't have to leave till noon or mm-hmm. till four o'clock, whatever that time that you set. It's a you know, nice cozy hotel bed is a very compelling reason to drop another ten, twenty bucks, whatever it might be. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I would do it every day. Just, just because, especially if it's a property. If I travel with my kids or something, and I wanted to enjoy the amenities for a little bit longer that day, it's it's a no brainer for a lot of people. And not everyone's going to take it up. And yes, there are logistical questions related to can we execute this. But right now, those aren't the kind of questions you need to worry about because we're not fulfilling our hotel rooms. So this is just exactly. Good. And and with the technology like the Fuel app, or, or if you went it with someone else's, you can configure this so that if you know you're going to be busy, you just these things turn off. You, you're not going to offer it at a time when, when you can't fulfill it. So that that would be the one cautionary thing I would say is don't just like we're talking with Robinhood. You you if you make a brand promise, you can't you can't break that promise. So don't say, tell people that you're going to be offering these things and then not do it. You got to deliver on what you what you promise. Alrighty. Number three. Did you know that you can drive direct revenue from advanced bookings on an app? What? Yes. What? We didn't think so. We, to be fair, several years ago, we didn't think so either. We built our app as a really on-property guest communication tool. And what we found is even after the guest leaves the property – you'll see more bookings coming in because part of the app is a, a booking engine. And for most properties, they're seeing 100,000 plus in passive annual bookings coming in through the app where people just, they see your property logo on their screen. It's time for a vacation. They touch it and then they book. It's a, it's a great benefit to the guest, to the property, obviously. And there's a lot of things you can do to even make that process work even better. And this is one where we, we always, when we're talking to people about apps, one one of the pushbacks we, we often get is, well, people don't keep apps on their phone. 
You know, they they, del- they delete the, the apps. It's completely yeah. false. It, it, it's not how people work today. Maybe back when we all had, you know, four gigabytes on our phone in terms of storage, that was the case. But today, you know, you got, you got 128, 256 gigs. People don't need to worry so much about the storage space or they're using iCloud anyway. People don't delete apps like you would think they, they do. I've got bazillions. And the thing is, People prefer to use apps on their mobile phone than their browser. 97% of time spent on your phone is in-app. There's a reason you go to the Facebook app and not go to your web browser to load Facebook. It's it's frictionless compared comparatively. So apps are something people want to use and people will go back to and rediscover. Even if that's a year later or two years later, we're seeing folks come back organically. And this wasn't something, like Pete said, that we were really anticipating or pushing for our clients initially, if this has happened completely organically. People are choosing to go back to the app and book. And if you look at Expedia's mobile app numbers, Booking.com's mobile app numbers, even the chains like Hilton and, and Marriott, significant percentage of all of their direct bookings now are coming through mobile apps because it's how people use mobile. It's frictionless. And uh, this, this is these next three, including this one, are really... You know, the first two you could execute with with uh, text messaging, with SMS, right? The communication kind of stuff. With these next three, you can't. SMS does not have the ability to do these these next three. And this this is probably the most important one. Imagine if you could just pop an app on the App Store and you're automatically going to get another $100,000 in direct revenue a year that's coming through that channel. And we'll talk it's, about in number five why that's really critical. But Stuart, I think the most important thing here is is what I said is it's a hundred thousand at least in passive annual bookings. Right. The problem that we're seeing is so many of even our clients aren't using the push messaging capabilities and the proactive marketing elements as aggressive as aggressive as I think they should be. So yeah. for instance, you know, tying this into your CRM in knowing that a guest booked a stay. 11 months ago, now's a perfect opportunity to hit them with a push message saying, thank you for staying in the past. It's a great time for another vacation to XYZ property. Here's an exclusive coupon or promotion code when you book on our app. Mm-hmm. It's very seamless. And the nice thing is, is once they click that, their information is already stored within the app and the data connection between the app and the PMS. So, it's almost Amazon-like where you can see the room you've booked in the past. If you want that room again, you just if your payment is saved, you book it and you move on. It can be done within a matter of seconds. And it's so convenient. And that are those bar- those are those barriers that we're able to break down with any type of app. That's why you shop on Amazon's app and not the website. Yeah, that speaks to another point, Pete, where um, the, peop- the the hotels that, that use the app effectively the first time. So when, when someone first downloads the app, uh, they're sending messages like we spoke about in, in, in number one and number two. Um, they're connecting with the guest. The guest remembers that they have that app and they're traveling to that destination again. It's like, oh, I'll just open the app and, and book again. So you know, using the app effectively and then again, like Pete just mentioned, sending the notifications later on when it's time to book again, you know, just, just continuously using the app is, is how you generate this $100,000 in passive bookings. Yeah. And I just want to jump in as the objective, dead inside, third-party, unbiased person here. 
who looks at the data on these apps. And we're not talking about small, you know, people think, oh, well, it's on a mobile phone. It's, you know, same day bookings and maybe it's a one night stay. I cannot tell you how many bookings we see that are $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 bookings for seven night stays. These are not just little one-off $100 bookings. So, and again, unfortunately, a lot of our clients are not using these apps to the best of their ability. And this is just happening. People just use the apps and they're coming back and making these large bookings. I'm not saying the small bookings aren't there, but there are a lot of large bookings too. Yeah, compare the two experiences, right? Say, say I'm a guest that uh, wanted to book at your hotel. In a traditional way, I've got to open a web browser. I've got to type in a URL or go to Google and search for you and click on it. And then I'm at the website. And then I have to go and do the search. And then I get to the end. And then I've got to enter my personal information and pull out my credit card and enter it all. Whereas there's an app where I literally have one click. I can search right from there. And all my data is stored. And I just hit submit and it's done. Right? It, it's so much less friction. It's so much more efficient. It, it, there's a reason that people use the apps, like you said, for Amazon, for Expedia, for hotels, for Hilton. There's a reason people are booking through these. And, and there's no reason the you should not. You said go to your browser, mm-hmm. type in a URL, or search. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's step. that's a flaw step one. Yeah. If somebody is searching... Chances are they're not just going to see your Whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're, you're jumping ahead a little bit. Oh, all right. I'll keep my mouth shut. But, but mm-hmm. that is good foreshadowing, though. Yeah, it is. Uh, Let's put a pin in that one and we'll come All right. Back. Yeah. But before right. that, you guys want to jump on to number Now more than ever, hotel mobile apps are a touch-free solution. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, everyone knows I, I hate the term now more than ever or any of those kind of cliche COVID terms, but it, it makes a lot of sense. So giving guests the opportunity to create some type of standoff distance between your staff and the and the guest when they want it is incredibly helpful. Everything from express check-in to digital key to express checkout, your guest can have a a very high touch experience with your property, or if they feel more comfortable with it, they can have a completely remote experience where they come in, they stay at the property, leave, and don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah, and I think the the important thing is here that you're giving guests the choice because we've we talked at length about how different people are at different points in their recovery journey and where their fear tolerance is so some people as we've seen in our sentiment studies want to go to the front desk they have specific questions that they want to get addressed they want to pick up a plastic key but others don't and and others want to just eliminate any contact with anybody and there's a lot of people in between those two so giving people the choice and saying with this mobile app technology you can you know pre-register and not have to fill out anything on property so that we're taking a five, 10 minute check-in process down to a minute. Uh, that That's great for a lot of people, right? Every Everyone would be on, on board with that because it just saves them time and, and, and it's a lot more efficient. It, it's even more efficient for the property because now all that data is not getting put in on a piece of paper that then has to be manually added to the folio. It's automatically throwing, flow, flowing through to the uh, PMS. So there's efficiencies on both sides there. 
But then, like Pete said, if, if you want to go the whole hog and say, you don't have to talk to a human being, our app allows the guest to you know enter credit card details. It allows them to do ID verification where they can take a photo of their driver's license or their passport and, and do a real-time selfie. And it uses machine learning to actually compare the two and make sure that it is who it says it is. Uh, and then we do the two-factor authentication to ensure that they have access to a digital key where we're not only checking the PMS, but we're also sending an authorization code to the contact information that we have on the folio as well. So there's, there's, you can you can really stay your way out however you want to with this kind of technology. And even if someone's not going to leverage it, the fact that you can now promote that you're doing this sends massive signals to the world that you take this safety seriously and that people can be reassured that staying with you is going to be a safe experience. And, so. and let's think let's think past COVID on something like that where let's say you know we are back to full capacity and it hits you know your biggest weekend of the year when your front desk is completely slammed and people just you know there there are people yeah there's still people that are going to want to go to the front desk and and talk to somebody and there are people that care don't care to wait in line they just want to get right into their room you're offering them that choice and you're helping yourself out from an operation standpoint and you're also giving your staff the ability to be hospitable and get out from behind the counter, interact with guests as needed or as they, as they want. Because if I'm working with talking with someone at a hotel, I don't want it to be arguing over if they need to swipe my credit card again for that payment to go through. I'd rather be them telling me where the great places are to go to eat dinner, where what I can do at the property that's fun and enjoyable. You take those business type relationships and turn it into a true hospitable experience for the guest. I mean, th- think about how many times have you stood in line at a hotel and the person in front of you needs to put in their driver's li- their, their um, license plate number and has to go back outside past the full line twice, you know, going out and coming back in to go check what they're, or, or they have to call someone that's in the car to go look. It, you, that check-in experience sucks and it sets the tone for your entire stay, especially if you've just driven with the family for, you know, seven hours to a destination where you've been on a flight for the last 12 hours or you've been commuting or whatever and you get to this property and then you have to wait in line and then there's a 10 minute process of checking in if i could do all of that ahead of time it just it fundamentally changes the beginning of my my vacation and it, it, it to the positive i'm a lot more more likely to have a great experience with the rest of my stay if we're set off on the right foot absolutely all right. Hey, so, Melissa, do you want to take number five, 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 <laughs> five, 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 five? This one's my favorite for sure. Number five is hotel apps allow you to bypass the traditional web, which is apparently what I was foreshadowing before. In that, again, if somebody's not having an app and you force them to go to their browser and search for your brand, even though they are searching for you, you don't know what they're going to end up clicking on. It may not be you. It could be an OTA. It could be a competitor. It could be, you know, it could be instead of getting that organic uh, booking right from your app, you might have to pay for that click because you're bidding on your brand. And we still recommend you do that, by the way. But still, it's cheaper to get it for free. So bypass all that. Get an app. There you go. Well, I think that's the whole idea behind, you know, hotel marketing is let's eliminate eliminate OTAs as much as we possibly can and get as many direct bookings as we possibly can. And if we have to pay for 
and let's pay as little as we possibly can. So yeah. using the app, that's, you know, somebody already has it on their phone. That's uh, very cheap for you in comparison to losing that book into an OTA or even, you know, your other paid advertising campaigns, whether it be, you know, a, a very low funnel campaign or a very high funnel campaign, you're, you're now paying essentially nothing to get that booking to the person who already has the app. Whereas you're not paying as much as an OTA and you're paying even less than a, say a PPC click. Well, and I'll share a story that I was talking with a, one of our clients very recently, I think it's probably about last two weeks ago. And he said that they had a, a guest come in that had been staying at the property for decades. And so my client, the, the owner of the property was just talking to the guest, making sure they're doing okay, how their family's doing. And while they're having the conversation, the receptionist who's checking them in says, Oh, I noticed you booked on Expedia. And the, the owner kind of like, a little bit in shock, say, why did you book on Expedia? Why didn't you book direct? And the, the longtime guest just says, oh, I did? I didn't know that. I just clicked on the name after I did a search. <laughs> so you have someone who's been guest for a decade. And if you're not web savvy and you see the name of a property that you stay at, you click it, their conversion funnel is very seamless. So you just go right through the whole process. You book and you've basically have to buy that guest all over again because they went to the web and did a search. Now, even that guest who thinks they're being loyal doesn't understand what they're doing to, to, to you and your bottom line. So eliminating that as best as you possibly can uh, by promoting your cheapest channels the hardest and then working your way back towards OTA. I mean, this really goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning with the news of Roo and, and the disappearance of first party, uh, third party data and the need to build up your first party data. Right now, if, if you don't invest in building up your own funnel of business, you're going to be leasing every, every person you get. You're going to be paying a toll keeper. You're going to be giving away mar your margins just to some third party for the rest of your life. If you can spend a little bit of time now building up your owned assets, your, your first party data, including your mobile app, this is going to have incremental impact for the, the next 10, 15, 20 years at least. So th this to me is, is you know behind the direct revenue that you're, you're automatically going to generate. If this is the most important part of what we're talking about today, because strategically, this puts you in a stronger position. If you look at the brands that have been successful at uh, reducing their reliance on third-party distribution channels, folks like um, Airbnb springs to mind. You know, they, it's become a destination. People go straight to Airbnb versus going to Google. Uh, TripAdvisor used to be that way, but they they've kind of gone. A, in the wrong direction, but they built their brand by being the brand that people went to. Amazon has done the same, you know. So this is this is one of the things you should be working on deliberately over the next couple of years. Is how how do I encourage more people to come straight to me, bypassing the gatekeepers, bypassing my competition, bypassing the OTAs and all those other people that are going to steal a little, you know, the the leeches that are going to be taking a little bit out of me every time, and so. Yeah, this this walled garden, creating this walled garden that that is your app, is a no brainer. Dare I say that hotel apps might be a third tipping point? 
down the road. We've talked about the first tipping you point, did. second you, tipping point. So you, so could, you there did, could be Dad. A third mobile tipping point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well. So we, it's going to be like the fifth, right? Because we had the first was was traffic, the second was booking. We're already there. The third is revenue, which for some properties were there. A lot so of the, properties. Yeah. Yeah. And and so the four, it'll be the fourth tipping point. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, ladies. You heard it here first. We just coined the phrase, the fourth mobile tipping point. And see, that's why I think that 2021 is going to be the year of the mobile app. Because you can't hit that tipping point if you don't have what's tipping it. Yeah. And I I will say, I mean, obviously, we've we've had unprecedented demand. We've we've seen interest in our product go up over 400% over the last few months with, with COVID. And I think we're in the process right now. Last time I looked, we've got about... 50 properties in the in the some form of going live you know from uh deployment from contract signing to to launch so and there's already you know a bunch out there on the app store we've been doing this for about five years but the demand has gone up and and we're not the only game in town right there there are other folks out there doing doing mobile apps to different degrees i think one of the, the advantages our product has is it's it's comprehensive it has the communication piece it can integrate with your existing communication if you have something like zingle it integrates with your pms so it can do real-time check-ins uh, but it also has these revenue generating components and area information components and so we, we kind of looked at all the apps that are out there and we, we've gotten the best pieces of all of them put them together in one robust custom mobile app for your property that's branded as your property uh for one low monthly rate you know so it's it's pretty it's pretty compelling argument that you need it if if this is something that you're interested in learning more about uh the best way to reach us is info at fueltravel.com or if you just go to our website fueltravel.com and and click on the software um, section of the site you'll see more information on the mobile app as well but again you don't we're not saying you have to use fuel but we do think everyone should be considering a mobile app at, at this point. Uh, given given where we are in the industry, I think it's something that can help you with your recovery right now. Now more than ever. Pete, I hate that. Damn it, Pete. <laughs> Dare you say now more than ever. Well, good job, in Pete. Caution. In an abundance of caution. caution. We're all in this together, guys. We're all in the there same boat. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Do you, th- do you when do you think people will stop saying the new normal? Let's let's Never. put a date on that. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. This is the new normal to say the new normal. I I, I give I say give it probably about ten months, maybe eleven months at the end of two thousand twenty-one. That's not. But then won't that be the new normal? Like when it it's changes been the again? new normal ever forever. Like, like isn't it isn't it always the new normal? Whatever we're in. Yes. Or, or is it going to be the new, new normal? Oh, this the is the new, new normal. normal. And then like five years from now, this is like the new, 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 new normal. It's like what, what you just said is is already history. <laughs> All right. Well, good stuff. Well, we did the housekeeping at the beginning of, of the show. So we'll, we'll sign off. What? Wait. But oh. wait, there's more. No. Can I do an Aventaroo? What? Yes, you got to sing the jingle for it, though. Yeah, sure. Sing, sing away. I, I'm no, I'm, I'm not going to. You don't have the freestyle skills like Pete. I do not. Pete, do you want to make up a, a Ventaru jingle? This is Melissa's whole sheet, Doug. I'm not digging around. <laughs> Anywho, I have an Ventaru.
right. There it is. Why didn't you just sing that? I have an adventaroo. Here oh. we go on something new. You said anywho. Here's an adventaroo. It already rhymed. Just jingle it. Oh, man. We've just hit a new peak of performance, ladies and gentlemen. This is amazing. Compelling audio. So, so you want to tell us what the adventaroo is? Yes, the adventaroo has already passed, but there will be more to come. So I do want to plug this. And that is, as we are recording this on uh, January 29th, we have just passed the Women in Travel Thrive event that if you are a female in the travel industry, I really highly recommend you get involved in this initiative. Uh, there is a link to the LinkedIn page for this event uh, in the show notes. And basically, this is an event brought about because of COVID, and it is all about women helping women since women are disproportionately affected by COVID layoffs, etc. Um, and it's building mentorships and relationships and all that stuff. Um, and this event just passed. It was a three-day event. Heard some really great speakers Shout out to our friends, Alex Akondo World. Um, heard some really great speakers this week and um, made some good connections. So I believe that they're going to try and keep doing these as time progresses. So go find them on LinkedIn, follow the page, and sign up whether you want to be a mentor, a mentee, or just want to hear some great information from some very awesome women. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great organization. I know a lot of the ladies that, that are heavily involved in it. And, and if, if you're one of those cynical people sitting there right now complaining that it's you know exclusive to women, then you can shut your face hole. Because if you look at the data, the, the, there is an inequity that has happened. And although females and males are, are pretty e equally represented in our industry, they have, to Melissa's point, been disproportionately affected during COVID. If you look at the number of layoffs and how they've impacted females versus males, it just doesn't make, the numbers don't make sense. It, I mean, it's something like 80% of, of the layoffs in the industry have been female versus male. So clearly, clearly there's there's something going on there that we need to look at. There's also underrepresentation at the, the senior management and ownership level of, of women. So there's inequities that need to be addressed, and, and I'm very much in favor of this organization and the great, wonderful things that they're doing. So please support it. Thanks for the shout, the the inventor, Rue. Maybe we'll have to keep that uh, as an ongoing feature within the show, Melissa. <laughs> oh, yes. Cool. All right. And then, guys, don't forget to encourage people to get their vaccines. We've, As we've said on the show before, this is, this is the path forward for our industry if we want to get back on our feet and have a... a relatively decent 2021 vaccines is our only path forward without vaccinations successfully rolling out we you know we're, we're going to be trudging along like we have for the past several months so please encourage your loved ones especially those at risk to go out and get a vaccine hopefully that in your area you, you have access to that but what i will say is what i've observed is you have to be your own advocate you have to be someone that is staying informed in, in being uh, aggressively seeking information in and ap applying for it. You know, we, we here in South Carolina, I think, I don't know if you guys saw this, but South Carolina is like fifth in, in the nation right now in terms of efficiency of rollout. We're doing a pretty good job. But I've heard 
a lot of people in our local area that have already gotten the vaccine and are doing great, no, no significant side effects. Um, and the folks that I talk to that are complaining that they haven't gotten it yet are the ones that have been sitting there twiddling their fingers and thumbs and waiting for someone to just hand it to them. You, you can't do that. You, if you're at risk, if you know a loved one that's at risk, go be their advocate. Go find out where your local opportunities are and apply in, in, you know, just keep being that advocate because that's what you need to get it done. The sooner we get the at-risk population vaccinated um, and we can move on to the rest of the population, then the sooner we can really get our engines rolling again in 2021. So, cool. Thanks, guys. Pete, thanks for putting the notes together today. If, uh, well, I guess if they want to follow along with the notes, we should have said this at the beginning, but they're at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 176. But Pete, if they want to learn more about you, where can they do that? They can check me out on either Twitter at Pete DeMeo or on LinkedIn at Pete DeMeo. You want people checking you out, do you? They, I, I do. So. Or <laughs> what they can also do is go to the Fuel blog and read the corresponding article that I wrote, Five Reasons You Can Expect Hotel Apps to Be Required in 2021. Same yeah. content, but different clickbaity headline. Yeah. And, and you flesh that one out a little bit more. I think the show yes. notes are going to be more bulleted, like our typical show notes. That one's more, you know, it's got a little more of the, the Pete flair and personality in it as well. So we'll, we'll link to that from the show notes as well. Uh, Pete, I mean, Phil, we already did Pete. Phil, if they want to find you, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at P Fariska or on LinkedIn at Phil Fariska. And Melissa. I am on Twitter, M.A. Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H, or I am on LinkedIn at Melissa Kavanaugh, with the same spelling, by the way. <laughs> you can find me at Stuart Butler on LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Again, notes are at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 176. And if you want to learn more about the Fuel mobile app and digital key, fueltravel.com is a place to do that as well. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Hmm. I'd question the science on that one. Well, it's too late now. Does it? Work? You're a rocket scientist, not a biologist. Leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs>